Welcome to Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno. You'll want to grab your Bible and follow along, verse by verse, with Pastor John. They forgot to take his payment. They accidentally put them back in your groceries, right? Well, not exactly. It was uh, ordained by Joseph, ordered it, and it was a gift, a blessing from God. Verse 13, take your brother also, Benjamin, and arise, return to the man. Okay, here's the present. Here's double the money, uh, payment for what you got for free, and then to buy more groceries, and here's little Benjamin and Judah. You better watch him and keep him by your side. He's all I have left. 14. And may God Almighty grant you compassion in the sight of the man, this Lord of Egypt, so that he will release to you your brother, Simeon, and Benjamin. And as for me, if I am bereaved of my children, I am bereaved. What choice do I have? I need to recognize the Almighty God who is omnipotent with all power. I'm brought to my knees. I must release my baby boy, Benjamin, into the trust of God. I don't want to, but I'm forced to. And so I commit him to the Lord God Almighty. Have you been there? where you have to trust God. You have to pray. You're brought to your very knees. Oh no, has it come to this that we have to pray? That should have been the first thing we did, right? And many times it's the last to pray and to trust and to release people and things and dreams and hopes into God's hands. If it must be, if I have no choice. Was it Queen Esther and she had to intercede for her people and go before the king without being invited and she is risking her head and she's like, I could die if I go unannounced. This is crazy, but she must go to save the Jews. And Esther says, I will go and if I perish, I perish. Sometimes you have to risk your own neck. You have to risk your own future, like Esther. And you have to trust God with everything. It's like the old song, whatever will be, will be. The future's not ours to see. Que sera, sera. You've got to give it to God. You have to resign to God. You have to step down from your position and your throne and let God be God and you his servant. Have you tried to play God in your life, play God in your family's life, be God at work? Oh no, you're not the judge. Let God be God. Step down, give up your position, and let him 
take control. Do you hate giving up control? I know it's hard to give control over to Jesus. Verse 15. So the men took this present, and they took double the money in their hand. And Benjamin, then they arose and went down to Egypt and stood before Joseph. I think shaking in their boots before the great Lord of Egypt, second in command to Pharaoh, with his soldiers, his guards, and he's already enslaved, you know, captured one brother. What will he do next? Not knowing the future and praying and trusting God. It's ironic, I think, of another father and son where Abraham was called to give up his favorite son, Isaac. And God says, sacrifice him to me on the mountain that I will show you. And Abraham lifts the knife in, in obedience and devotion and love to God. He's willing to sacrifice his future, his true love, his baby boy Isaac. He lifts the knife and the angel of the Lord stops him. Abraham, Abraham, don't harm the son. You know, it was just a test to see. To see who you love more. Do you love me more? Am I number one? Or is your baby number one? Is that thing number one? Is that job number one? Is that house number one? Who has first place in your life? And God will call you to sacrifice. I've sacrificed some homes, some relationships, some wonderful gifts I didn't want to let go. I hung on to them. And I had to wake up and say, okay, Jesus, I will give it to you. I will sacrifice it to you. So Abraham was about to sacrifice Isaac. Isaac is the father of Jacob. It's like full circle. It's like a rerun. It's like what God did to the family. He's now doing to Jacob. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It is the chain. Stay for lunch as a guest. Boy, is that a twist. He's going to kill us and chop off our heads and make us human slaves. And instead, the great Lord of Egypt says, Oh, no, be my guest. Stay in my house for lunch. And it is the peasants, the, the Jewish shepherds, that are going to stay in a fancy royal residence of a great lord of Egypt. They're kind of out of place. I don't know if you've been there. I was at this fancy house one time and felt so out of place. I kind of came from a poor family. And this house was like three-story house with waterfalls and gigantic rooms, and I met their poodle. And it was this huge standard poodle, and it was all cut and, and shaved and just so elegant. And it wore a, a diamond-studded necklace that was more valuable than my car. And it had, uh, on its fingernails, its claws were painted with real gold. And the little poodle looked at me, and it kind of said to me with its look like, you're white trash, why are you here in my house? <laughs> and I felt, oh my gosh, I've been snobbed by a poodle. 
How bizarre <laughs> to be out of place. Verse 16. Then Joseph saw Benjamin with them. His dream. His hope. Joseph has a secret dream. You know the dreams that he's been telling us about. You know, the sheaves, they bowed down to mine, and the stars, they bowed to me, and uh, the ears of corn, and the the cows, but Joseph has a secret dream he's not revealed to us, but I know what it, his dream is. His secret dream is he wants to be reconciled to his family. He wants his parents again. He wants his brothers, even though they did him dirty. And he wants his full brother. He only has one full brother. All the others are half-brothers. I want my full brother, baby Benjamin. And now he realizes his dream is coming. He sees Benjamin standing before him. But they've not been reconciled yet because they think he's the great Lord of Egypt in disguise. They don't know it's Joseph. But the dream is starting to come true. Benjamin is the key. If I can get Benjamin, I can use him as a carrot. I can string along my daddy. My daddy will come for Benjamin, right? Benjamin's the key. And now he stands before me. He said to his house steward, bring the men into the house and slay an animal and make ready for the men are to dine with me at noon for lunch. Was it the prodigal son? And the father is so excited to see that his son has come back after so many years. And his father, you know, put the robe on him and the gold ring and sandals on his feet. And oh yeah, kill the fatted calf. Let's have a wonderful meal. A celebration and Joseph is preparing a banquet for his brothers but they don't even know who he is it's so emotional when you see family after a long time every so many years I visit my older brother Jim James and John sons of thunder that's our history. <laughs> and when I see my older brother, he always cries and he hugs me and I kind of act embarrassed, but to tell you the truth, I feel good that my brother cries for me. He's very emotional. I'm so glad to see you how many years. But Joseph has to keep it together. He has to keep the charade. He has to wear the mask. Verse 17. So the man did as Joseph said and brought the men to Joseph's house, this huge palace in Egypt. Oh my gosh, don't touch anything. It's so beautiful. 18. Now the men were afraid because they were brought to Joseph's house. And they said, it is because of the money that was returned in our sacks the first time that we are being brought in that he may seek occasion against us and fall upon us 
and take us for slaves with our donkeys. Oh, this is horrible. Why has he brought us to his house? It's a trap. His guards, they're going to beat us up. They're going to make us into human slaves. Yeah, Joseph probably should have made you into slave like you did to him and got revenge. But Joseph has forgiven. It's a plan. It's a test, as we will see next week. Joseph has a test to see where his brothers are. What will he do to us? He's going to capture us. And the brothers are saying, you're going to take my little donkey too. I love that donkey. (laughs) It's kind of like the Wizard of Oz, right? The witch, I will get you my pretty and your little dog too. Not Toto. No, not Toto. (laughs) Can I tell you, Joseph doesn't need any more donkeys. He doesn't ride a donkey. You know, they're kind of coming from a poor class of Bedouin shepherds that are kind of smelly like animals, farmers, right? Joseph is first class. Joseph doesn't ride donkeys. He rides a chariot with its ornate and it's beautiful and it's a great royal chariot, second to Pharaoh. He doesn't need your stinking little donkey. (laughs) But you know how brothers think. My little donkey, I love him. (laughs) Verse 19. So they came near to Joseph's house steward and spoke to him at the entrance of the house and said, Oh, my Lord, we indeed came down the first time to buy food. And it came about when we came to the lodging place that we opened our sacks. And behold, each man's money was in the mouth of his sack, our money in full. So we have brought it back in our hand. It was a mistake. We don't know how we got away without pain. You know, I don't know how that thing jumped in my purse, you know. No, it was an accident. Joseph framed them. Joseph had the money put back in. Kind of like a blessing from God. But they're so scared. We're out of place in this fancy house. 22. We have also brought down other money in our hand to buy food. We do not know who put our money in our sacks. He said, be at ease, do not be afraid. Your God and the God of your Father has given you treasure in your sacks. What a weird thing to say for a pagan Egyptian servant. Your God with a capital G, Yahweh, the God of the Jews, has blessed you. Your father's God, Jacob, Israel, the God of Israel, he's blessed you. And he gave your money back and he gave you treasures. And what you thought was a curse was actually a blessing from God. And this pagan Egyptian servant somehow knows about the true God because he works for Joseph. And I think Joseph is a witness. Joseph has brought God, the true God, to Egypt among their many pagan gods. And he's taught his servants, his employees, about who the true God is. And this houseboy knows the God of the Jews. And he's in on the plan. And he knows about the money. And it was a blessing and not a curse. Verse 23. 
I had your money. Then he brought Simeon out to them. Simeon is set free. He was only being held as a down payment. He was being held to make sure that the brothers would come back and keep their end of the bargain. He was not really going to be locked up and thrown away the key. Do you know why? Because Joseph has forgiven Simeon. The second oldest who should have stood up and protected him from being sold to the Ishmaelite slave traders, Simeon blew it. Simeon failed in his responsibility of protecting me. But you know what? I forgive him. I let go of the past. I'm I'm not going to hold on to it. I'm not going to imprison that person anymore. And when you let that person go free, then you are now free. Do you see it? 24. Then the man brought the men into Joseph's house and gave them water. And they washed their feet. And he gave their donkeys fodder. He fed them. 25. So they prepared the present for Joseph's coming at noon, for they had heard that they were to eat a meal there. Get the present ready. Make sure it's clean and fancy. We got to impress them. We got to do it just like Daddy said. We better not blow this. We got to take everybody back home with the food. And they await Joseph's coming, not knowing how will it go? What will God do? Have you ever had a scary experience like that? Uh, My estranged stepfather. I hadn't seen him for so many years. And after my mom had died, who kind of hated him, and he divorced me, and he's out of the family, but my mom was dead, and I wanted my stepdad back. He's all I got. So I sent some cards, I sent some gifts ahead, and he's like, come over to my house. And I did that journey, and I'm knocking on the door, right? Waiting to see, how will he receive me? Will he slam the door in my face? Will he cuss me out and say, don't ever come back to my house again? Kind of nervous, you know, the tension, the waiting. And he opens the door, and he throws his arms around me. And he cries, and he says, Johnny, come on in. I spent the night in my father's house. We stayed up all night talking and laughing, and he was into cards. We were playing card games, you know telling old jokes and stories and good memories. And my father let me back in. (laughs) But what will Joseph do? They don't even know it's Joseph. Will he hold a grudge? Will he unveil himself? (sighs) What does it all mean? What are we to do? You have to surrender it to Jesus. 
Some things are beyond your control, and you must let go. I kind of think of the roller coasters. You know, I'm too old for roller coasters, but my old youth groups would talk me into, come on, Pastor John, and get on the roller coaster with us. And I'd be on a roller coaster with like 50 teenagers saying, I have lost my mind, what am I doing, you know? And, and it just, you lose control on those roller coasters, and you're upside down, and you're up, and you're down. And I'm on that thing where you're climbing that huge mountain, and you know that it's curtains on the other side, right? It's never ending. And you know what? I've learned you can, on those roller coasters, you can hang on by your fingernails and hold on with all your strength and, and all that fear and horror. Or you could just kind of surrender to it. And, and you can lift your hands in the air and let go and let God. And just go with it. And yell and scream and have fun instead of fighting it the whole time. You can release it. Does that make sense? And I think you've been hanging on in your, your knuckles and your fingernails and you're your intense and you just won't let go. But it's beyond your control. You might as well surrender to God. I think in worship, when I lift my hands to the Lord, it's a way of my saying, God, I surrender to you. In worship, I surrender my life. I surrender my future. I surrender my goals, my dreams, my hopes. I lift my hands in sweet surrender. Have you experienced things beyond your control? Being sick, in the hospital, that horrible diagnosis, Going to the funeral home, facing the casket, being served with divorce papers, finding out you were betrayed, getting fired from that job, having your kids turn your back on you, experience that horrible loss, the foreclosure of your house, winding up in a prison cell. <laughs> Have you experienced it? Where it's beyond your control and you cannot do it anymore. And you must call upon a power that is greater than your own. Or I always say, the Lord God Most High. The highest power. Give up control and entrust everything into the control of the omnipotent God, the Lord God Almighty. Give it all to Jesus. Give him your loved ones. Give him your future. Give him your very life. Give him your eternal soul. Jesus said, whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Let go and let God let it go. Let's pray.
Lord Jesus Christ, we let go of all that stuff and all those people and all that past. We cannot hang on any longer. We release it unto your power and into your control. We surrender to you, Holy Spirit of God. We entrust you with our love, with our hopes, and with our very dreams. Please, Jesus, take care of them. Make them come true. Help us to have your peace. Give us trust in you. Strengthen our faith. As we trust you, Lord Jesus, we pray in your name always. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for supporting Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno at 246 Courtney Lane, Reno, Nevada, 89523. Our phone number is 775-746-4567 and our webpage is calvaryreno.com. You're always welcome to join our services.